Welcome to Simon Says Educate. I'm Simon, your AI host, and I'm here to guide you through the exciting world of teaching and learning at Clover Park Technical College. Together with my human co-hosts, we'll explore the latest trends and best practices in education, bringing you a fresh and engaging perspective on what's happening in classrooms and beyond. Each week, we'll dive deep into the issues that matter most to our community, interviewing faculty members, students, and other thought leaders in the field. We'll discuss everything from the newest teaching strategies and classroom technologies, to the challenges and opportunities of online learning, and the impact of education on students' lives and careers. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired and informed as we embark on this educational journey together. Welcome to Simon Says Educate. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Simon Says Educate. I'm Ronald Lethko, and I am a member of the Teaching and Learning Center at Clover Park Technical College, and I am joined today by a repeat guest of the podcast. Today, we are going to be talking with Jovan McCoy, working out of the Office of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. I spoke with Jovan in episode 10, and that is when we talked about how the professional development tracks started off with the base camp and the first module in that base camp was focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Today, we are going to be talking about something that he has been working very hard at organizing for the faculty and the staff at Clover Park Technical College, and that is called Caring Conversations. Could you give us an overview of what Caring Conversations are and what your goals are with having them here at this college? Yeah, no problem. Caring Conversations is inspired, at least the title of it is inspired by the whole purpose of bringing a culture of care to the campus. This aligns with our strategic plan around this acronym of CARES, like becoming a community of care, creating more access, focused on retention, employment, and sustainability. So in light of that, I wanted to keep that theme going around this title of Caring Conversations for us to be able to highlight faculty, staff, voice Mm -hmm. um, as we begin to create a greater identity as one versus the, you know, separate department, separate function, kind of non-community atmosphere that can easily take place in our setting. So that's what Caring Conversations is about. The goal is to, again, give place and space to voice across different levels and be able to assess what we do well as a campus community, as well as some of the areas that we know that we can improve, and then be able to take a look at that information collectively together and, and use a strategic approach that everyone can benefit from. Yeah, and I really like that. Whenever I look at the computers around campus, I see the the cares on the home screen. And so when I saw you have something called caring conversation, it's nice synergy. It, it yeah, works, it works well with what we're trying to do. And I really love uh, the idea of the community as well, because that's something that we have been trying to do with the professional development and we're we're still working on the, the best right. way to make it work, but we, we want that idea of having something with like observations where you have a faculty member from aesthetics that's going into the automotive department to watch them right. give their lessons. I feel like it broadens perspectives and then uh, gives us a chance to really, you know, get to know the other types of people 
that are working around the college. So agreed. I like it. You said it's you structured it in a certain way and and I've seen the material for it. Can you explain how these sessions are structured and what can the participants expect when they're doing the caring conversations? Yeah, this is something I kind of played around with and I have a lot of friends and uh, fellow colleagues who also operate in offices of diversity and inclusion and always finding ways to incorporate different trainings. This one was important primarily because one of my roles as a manager for inclusive excellence and belonging is to provide training for faculty, uh, staff, and students around anti-racism, anti-bias practices. And that is always at the forefront of, of my activity. I recognize people are people and much of our challenge has that we have deals with the isolation, right? We're constantly in our own silos and there are a lot of conversations happening, but I don't, they're not always happening in a caring context. They're really happening under stress or they're happening in isolation. And so the disconnect becomes great when we don't have those shared together to really be able to hone in on what we can do collectively. And I think there's a lot more that we have in common than we don't, especially when it comes to challenges and things that we would like to be celebrated on. So we're basically, I'm bringing it together in a sense where it becomes a a group dynamic. The goal was initially when I thought about it, recognizing as a faculty member, I recognize schedules can get a little bit demanding and I want my best to be able to give faculty a heads up on these opportunities to get together because typically they're in class most of the day and we've been on Zoom so much, which uh, I don't mind the convenience of Zoom, but I think when it comes to this level of depth and conversation, we need to have it together. And so we started this off with our leadership team met this past December as a group. They met in probably about six to seven groups of six at Circle Tables, where we kind of navigated the questions and activities through a couple handouts, as well as through Mentimeter. Mentimeter was a great tool uh, so as to keep the answers at times anonymous so no one would feel like they're put on a spot or or they saw your name after a comment. You know, we wanted to make sure the setting engages everyone fully. And so it's set up like that where there's a lot of you get to kind of speak to particular topics or questions. And then when the results come back as a table, you can look at them and then kind of talk to each other about what those results say to you. And then that's kind of the first half of it. So it's really kind of raw data. As as we look at these topics, you're answering them from your various experiences, from various departments. And then the second half of it is, is really taking that information and, and then looking at all many departments within our campus and areas that we can improve and giving ourselves a grade. So how are we doing when it comes to inclusion? How are we doing it when it comes to diversity? How are we doing when it comes to policy? Like all these different areas that we impact from every department that's represented, they should be able to speak mm-hmm. on what they believe, where we're at. And then we can look at it and say, where, where do we really want to be, right? One of the challenges is everyone not truly being able to participate in evaluations like this and it be like kind of, this is what the leadership sees, this is what it is, or this is what the staff sees and here's the leadership. Everyone is going to go through this so that we can then take the data collected from each group and then be able to show, well, this is where faculty see us at. This is where leadership sees us at. This is where staff sees us at. Now, how can we move the meter to where we're all 
seeing the same thing so we can move the needle and align our align our focus and become that community that's that's in tune with each other. So it's a two hour commitment. And I think this coming quarter, we have two sessions scheduled, one for faculty and one for staff in the month of January. So the goal will be for folks to register early as they can. And again, I will respect that time. I don't, I won't go beyond two hours, but it will be a solid two hours because this information is very valuable for us to to use to really be the campus that we're really striving to be. And that's not just for students, it's for the employees, it's for those in position of leadership, those who are in department lead positions. All this information we gather in this process will be beneficial to, to everyone who participates. It sounds great. I love the idea that uh, you're giving you're giving voice to all the different people that all the stakeholders at the college, right? And it seems like it makes sense, right? Because it does seem that in especially like corporations, right? It's all like top down. This is what we're we're gonna do. We don't really care about you know what you think. This is you know the way that we're gonna be doing it, but. Here, you're getting the voice from all the different aspects. Like you said, it's going to be beneficial for the students, which, you know, is the kind of our main thing. You know, we want to make sure that stuff that we are learning and talking about gets reflected in the way that we act and carry ourselves through our classes. But also, I think it's just beneficial just as a human to have these kind of, you know, these are these are difficult conversations and it'll show that you care by having the conversation, right? Yes, yeah. This is kind of the main takeaway that I had from Encore last year. I know we talked about going there on our last podcast that we had together, but but this idea of really reflecting on your history, your bias, what you're bringing to the table, how that interacts with the other people, because mm -hmm. you're right, going back to it's 2024, everybody's siloed, everybody's got their own you know, echo chamber that they're listening to. And if you take a second to step out of the echo chamber, you realize that some of the stuff you're listening to doesn't make any sense. Like if you look at the, the facts of life that everybody can agree on, it is what you hear all the time is, is what you're going to be thinking all the time. So I love this idea of having these, uh, these conversations. And I'm curious because it could be very difficult for some people to like really look within themselves to... Mm -hmm unearth these things that they don't even really know that is a problem. What are some challenges that you anticipate in facilitating these conversations and how do you plan on addressing those? Yeah, that's a great question. I think anytime you're in a position where your thinking is challenged or maybe your perspective is challenged, I use the analogy always of everyone's at the T-Mobile Park. Everybody's watching the same game, but we're sitting at different levels, right? So you may be on a hundred level, someone else on a 300 level, and someone's in a diamond club behind the home plate. Well, you're watching the same game and you have a perspective on the same, on the game itself, but your perspective is different based on the perception which you, you watch the game. Mm -hmm. And many times you don't know what's going on in a 300 level, and the conversations that are happening around that level, because, you know, in your mind, we're all at the same game. What does it matter? Right. Mm. But there are different activities and different exchanges and different things that take place that have impact on people in different ways. And sometimes you may not see that because you're not present. And it's good to hear these things, whether you believe it or not, it, it's happening. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And I think we we are in a time where we have to change our awareness, uh, which is counterculture, because the culture is pushing a lot of isolation and, you know, division and separate and all that. And I, I don't think that's the community that we've ever wanted. And with sustainability being a key part of our strategic plan, in order to sustain an environment or a community of learners, you have to make sure each group is represented in that community. You want to give rise to voice. You want to be able to work together cross lines. And you want to be able to hear the voices of your students so you know how to serve your students. And some of the challenges I think that happen and reveal themselves is you know, some folks like to wait and, and hear what leadership tells them what to do and then do whatever leadership tells them what to do. Others want to know that leadership understands what they're going through. Mm-hmm. And based on being informed on what they're going through, then make decisions related to how that's going to improve their experiences. So you always have these different dynamics that come up where the expectation is always on the other person. Oh. And I think the the expectation should be channeled on yourself. Mm-hmm. Every person should have their own personal goal to focus on you. How can you improve this community of care? You personally, the way you impact it in your particular department, if you are in a uh, supervisor role, if you're in a dean role, if you are an instructor, if you're another staff member, how can you personally contribute to this goal of making our community a greater community of care. And so that's the goal where everyone can hear these things. Everyone will have the opportunity once this this information is collected to kind of look at it. And I think the challenge will be to have each department, if you will, look within themselves and say, hey, what can we do to move the needle when it comes to having a greater sense of belonging? Mm -hmm. What can we do to move the meter to demonstrate a greater community of care to those who come into our department or the students we serve. In terms of sustainability, how can we diversify our our students or our student population to reflect the community in which we exist? Like, these are the things that everyone's charged with. So what nursing may do may look different than what welding does. Mm -hmm. You know, what the NAS program may do may look different than Cosmo. But I think everyone having an opportunity to look at this feedback and go, okay, this is an area that we can improve on here mm-hmm. to make this more of a caring community. That's that's really the goal behind it. And I think in doing that, you're becoming more aware of the needs of others around you. In turn, you begin to address things that may be biases that you weren't aware of. Mm-hmm. But as a collective, you were able to go, okay, let's make this move together and it benefit a greater group of, of folks. So that's the first step of it. You know, this does serve as kind of an ongoing climate test, if you will, that we can always revisit as needed. But, you know, I do want to be able to put in the hands of all those who participated. This is the information we heard. This is what it looks like. You can work with this as you see fit, but that everyone have an opportunity to identify an area in which they want to move the needle so we can improve. Yeah. Everything you're saying sounds like it can only be beneficial, right? Like it can only help. We say this in instructional design, a gap analysis, where you have to find out where everybody is now. Everybody's on this side of the bridge. This is where we hope to get on the other side. And then how how are we going to get there? How are we going to build this bridge? 
And right. um, I, I really like that you're focusing on the sustainability because it's not a one-off thing. It's not just a, oh, okay, you know, I, I did this and then now I'm done. And it's one of the things that I really like that, you know, we've been working together is to try to keep these events and trainings and talks going throughout the year, starting with what, what we talked about over the summer with that, um, with the diversity, equity, and inclusion module that we put everybody into at the base camp for our professional development. And so I know it's hard to tell and it's hard to know what each of the different departments are are going to say and what they're going to talk about. But what kind of follow-up actions do you envision after these sessions take place? Well, this is where I think that the Office of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, in partnership with the Teaching and Learning Center, comes into play really strong is our goal is not to come in and tell you what to do. I think out of respect for intellectual abilities and, you know, some folk have been in their department, in their line of work and, you know, trades and programs for a long time. So it's not to take you away from or question what you do. I think it's to be a resource for you. If you decide, you know, this is an area we want to address and we're we're interested on maybe some possibilities that you may think will help us that we can do. You know, I think that that's where we can come alongside and give our suggestions. There's already departments that we work along with. Nursing has been one. I've had instructors with Cosmo reach out to me, you know, from the standpoint of even, you know, hey, I need you to, I want you to observe me. I don't know what I'm, I may be doing wrong and I would appreciate some insight um, other departments have said, hey, we want you to bring a, a training in or incorporate another little adjust, help us adjust the module to bring more attention to an area that we think we can improve. I think that kind of culture of being open to adding another level of care. And again, we're, we talk about moving the needle. We're, talk, we're not talking about going from night and day right there, to, uh, in instant change. We recognize culture is huge. Culver Park has a culture that they've had for a long time, right? <laughs> and we and we know that that culture has to change for the better. And that's the most uncomfortable part for some mm -hmm. because it may have been culture that in in a lot of folks' mind didn't require a lot of attention. But I think we're in a time now where we are giving attention to the areas that we may not have thought about because maybe you weren't we weren't serving that population of students or maybe we weren't serving our community that we exist in that way. And now we're in a situation where we have to compete for students. And that's not a term that a lot of people think about or probably have had to think about too much. But the truth of the matter is we are competing for students. We're competing to show that we can take care of this student versus the other school that we would potentially lose them to. We do want to retain our enrollment. We know that our enrollment is tied to employment. So we want to make sure we retain our, our staff and faculty. So if that means we have to make adjustments that give more attention to the needs of the students we serve uh, while at the same time taking care of the staff and faculty we have, then we want to find ways to improve that all the way around. And I think that's what makes our community one that's demonstrating a, a focus on care. And it'll communicate to the students, too, that we're mindful of the importance of caring about everybody, not just ourselves, but, you know, every person who's on our campus.
like I said, the follow-up is departmental. Ideally, those who request it, we would love to jump in there without having to feel like we got to pry and force. But hopefully we'll establish enough of a rapport where they'll be comfortable either reaching out to us or maybe circling back to the Teaching and Learning Center and saying, hey, are there some other resources and tools that we can use specifically in our goal to address this piece? That would be the hope. Yeah, and I hope that is the result because if they're going to these conversations and they're realizing, oh, there's something that I want to change, we have the community here and we have the people, whether it's with your office or it's with you know the people, as you said, over in the Teaching and Learning Center. We want to try to help any way that we can. So for those that are interested in participating and supporting the caring conversation, <laughs> what are the next steps, Jovan? If, if I want to go to one of these conversations, what do I need to do? Okay, great segue. Okay, so we have the next dates that are set. January 25th, which is a Thursday, there is a caring conversation scheduled from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. This will be in the North Ballroom uh, for staff only. So this one on January 25th is a staff only one, two hours in the ballroom in Building 23. And then the following opportunity would be the next week, uh, which is the last week of January, if I'm not mistaken, it's January 31st. This will be again in the North Ballroom in Building 23. It will be from 3 o'clock p.m. to 5 o'clock p.m. The goal was obviously to try to make it more available or accessible to our faculty who are typically in class most of the day. Mm -hmm. So these are in person. These ones are not Zoom. So hopefully you can plan ahead and create that time and space to dedicate to that time. Again, your time is respected. These are worth PDUs for faculty. And I believe there's some kind of arrangement we can make with staff to get some recognition for this dedicated training that you're committing to. Very nice. So it's worth it if you're listening to this and you're going to Clover Park. Make the time, block it off in your schedule. There should be a an invite coming from the office of EDNI. And yeah, get in there and have that caring conversation. Feel Thank free to come off. see us at the Office of Equity, Diversity, Inclusion. We got a couch in there. Come hang out and relax. Uh, we'd love to talk and chat with you in Building 17, Room 240. All right. Yes. All right, Joanne, thanks again. And Thank uh, you. this is this has been another episode of Simon Says Educate. I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen, and we will see you all next time. And that wraps up another insightful episode of Simon Says Educate. Thank you for joining us today as we delved into the fascinating world of teaching and learning at Clover Park Technical College. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation and gained valuable insights to inspire your own educational journey. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Remember to join us again next week as we continue to explore innovative strategies and share inspiring stories from the CPTC community. Until then, I'm Simon, your AI host, reminding you to never stop learning and growing. Take care, and see you next time on Simon Says Educate.